Ready? Our evening began in Peter Seychelles' comfortable study in his New York townhouse. Hello there, everybody. My name is Jim Shear, and welcome to the official, unofficial Beastie Boys podcast known as the Brew Ha Ha. On today's episode, I'm going to count down my 50 favorite Beastie Boys songs of all time. And since it is March and madness is in the air, maybe I should say that I am seeding my 50 favorite Beastie Boys songs. Now, I've been asked to do this multiple times. Usually, people will ask me, Hey, Jim, what are your top 20 Beastie Boy songs of all time? I think 20 is too short. I think 100 is too much. If I was tying this into the NCAA tournament, maybe I could have done 64. Kumo D would have given me an A. But I think 64 is maybe too much in the weeds. Maybe if it was a written piece, I could do 100, but it's hard to follow along on a podcast. So I have settled for 50, my favorite 50 Beastie Boy songs. Notice how I said favorite, not best or most important. It's a different thing because if I was making a most important Beastie Boy song list, Fight for Your Right to Party could be number one. Is it one of my favorites? We shall see. But before we get to my list, it is time for the scoop. Better believe it, y'all. It's a scoop for ya. Take me. Better believe it, y'all. Now, I know there's some big Beastie Boys news out there, but let's begin by going back to February 14th, Valentine's Day. Out in Los Angeles... The King Ad Rock and his wife Kathleen Hanna threw a benefit concert with proceeds going to Planned Parenthood. So why is this a big news in the Beastie Boys world? Well, Ad Rock was on stage performing live music. He was playing that sunburst electric guitar. The last time I saw that thing, it was in a trophy case. That's good news. But backing up Kathleen and the King Ad Rock was Fredo and Money Mark. You know, within the last year, we've seen Mike D, Ad Rock, and Mixmaster Mike share a stage. In February, we saw Ad Rock, Money Mark, and Fredo share the same stage. You know what I'm getting at. The band is almost kind of quasi back together. Why not just do it? Live show! Come on, Beastie Boys! That's my dream. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Now, the big Beastie Boys news is that last week, Michael Diamond and Adam Horvitz were at the South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, Texas. And they had a keynote discussion with Nathan Brackett of Amazon Music. And within that discussion, they announced that they will be doing three shows. I'm assuming they're 
book-related shows, even though they're not being called book-related shows. It's called The Beastie Boys Story. It will be directed by Spike Jones. Uh, it hits Philly, I believe, on April 5th at the Tower Theater. That's a Friday night. That'll be fun. And then the Beastie Boys will head to Brooklyn April 8th at King's Theater and April 9th at King's Theater. And correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy, but didn't Spike Jones direct the shows for the book tour? Once again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy. But I thought that at some point during the show, Mike called out to the back of the room and said, hey, Spike, play this, or Spike, do that. But anyway, Spike will film these three shows, and I'm assuming, this is me just spitballing here, that it will be for a Blu-ray, Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu release, and maybe a couple nights at a movie theater. You know, So Spike Jones will film these three shows, and usually what they do when you have multiple nights you will film all of them, and you will take the best bits and pieces from each one. So maybe on the, the second night in Brooklyn, Ad-Rock delivers the ring story the best. So they'll take that portion of the film from the second night in Brooklyn. And maybe they do something extraordinary in Philly, and that becomes part of the film too. Now this may floor Beastie Nation, especially the ones close to me. But as of now, I am choosing not to attend any of these Beastie Boys story events. Here's the reason why. I saw the Beastie Boys do their book event at King's Theater in Brooklyn. And I know there's going to be tweaks from Spike Jones and whatnot. But I don't want to spoil the film release for myself. Because I kind of spoiled the book show event when I read the book before the show. Because I, as I was sitting there, I thought, what if I had never heard these stories before about the ring, about Mike D taking a bath in the middle of a, an asphalt floor in his New York City apartment? If I came into this fresh, I might enjoy the show a little bit better. So I want to go into the Spike Jones film fresh. That being said... If the Beastie Boys are in Brooklyn, it's near the end of the show, and they say, hey, we're going to do two live songs right now, I will hate myself for not going to these shows. But I'm assuming, and you know what they say about assuming, but I'm assuming that these will be similar to the book show events. And the first time that the book show came through New York City, they did two nights, and I was kicking myself for not going to two nights but then when I went to the, the second night at King's Theater in Brooklyn, I thought, well, well, this is something I don't necessarily need to see twice because the Beastie Boys follow a script. Now, I know they loosely follow the script, but the show goes according to plan. And I know there are some fans out there who are saying, Jim, I live in the middle of nowhere. If the Beastie Boys were doing another event near me, I would be there in a second. I don't care if I already saw it. I understand. I, I may mess up by not going, but I'm going to stay at home for this one. And I will cross my fingers that these shows get the juices going for a proper live Beastie Boys concert. Now, if the Beastie Boys were playing two concerts at King's Theater in Brooklyn... I would be there in a second because that's what does it for me. 
the music, and the live shows. And there's something missing in life when you don't have a live Beastie Boy show to go to. If you are going to the shows, have fun. If something extraordinary happens in Philly on the first night, then yes, I might be tempted to get tickets somehow for one of the two shows in Brooklyn. Uh, If not, I will wait for Spike Jonze's proper film release. But let me know how the show is. And finally on The Scoop, a couple weeks ago I was covering an event in New York City called Love Rocks NYC, and I ran into Cheryl Crow. Now some of you may remember that the Beastie Boys briefly toured with Sheryl Crow, and I believe Santa Gold was on the bill too, prior to the 2008 election. So because I am a Beastie lunatic, of course I had to ask Sheryl Crow about the Beastie Boys. One more question for you. I am a diehard Beastie Boys fan, and I know that when Adam Yauk was battling cancer, he spent some time at your house. So can you take us through a, a hangout that you and Adam Yauk shared? Uh, you know, I have really beloved memories of, of Adam riding a horse. You know, he's from Brooklyn, and uh, it's his first time riding a horse. He actually bought a cowboy hat to, to experience that. Um, he brought his daughter and his wife down. It was just really fun getting to share in those experiences with the hopefulness that he was in the right place. And, um, you know, I also have a great great memory of him um, and my then uh, three-year-old. And my three-year-old just really uh, latched on to Adam. And uh, I remember peeking around the corner and them sitting on Adam's bed in, in the guest room and uh, looking at books together. And so there's some precious memories that I feel, um, you know, I just feel like our, our beloved memories that I have of him. He's a fantastic person. It's just a, a quick little peek, but I love that story. And we live in a world now where heroes are seemingly knocked off of their pedestal weekly. So it's reaffirming to hear a story about Adam Yauch being a solid human being. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to count down my 50 favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time. I want to take this minute to introduce you to my people. The brew ha ha. Back on the brew ha ha, the official, unofficial, unsanctioned Beastie Boys podcast. And today, by popular request, I'm going to count down my 50 favorite Beastie Boys songs of all time. Now, if you listen to the brew ha ha, and if you know me, then number one is obvious. So I don't want to spend all episode building up to an answer you already know. All right, so let's let's just announce number one right now. My favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. We, we don't even need the sound effects. I've done an entire episode on this song. I've told you that this song has changed my life. I told the Beastie Boys on national TV this song changed my life. My favorite Beastie Boys song of all time, So What You Want. So 
And on the So What You Want episode, I even hypothesized why this is the Beastie Boys' favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. So there you go. We start with number one. Then I'm going to backtrack and I'm going to go from 50 to 2. Make sense? And this first one may shock you. You may disagree with it, but at number 50, that's right, my 50th favorite Beastie Boys song of all time, The Blue Nun from Check Your Head. And you're saying, whoa, 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 Jim, that ain't even a song. That's an interlude. It's a transition. Let me make my argument. You know that we used to make mixtapes back in the day. And I will tell you that the Blue Nun has made way more mixtapes than Flow and Pros or Slow Ride. And as fantastic as Stand Together is, it just it doesn't feel right when you don't pair it with the Blue Nun. So yes, the Blue Nun, it's, it's not a song, but officially it is a Beastie Boys track and it's number 50 on my list. Mmm, it does go well with a chicken. Delicious again, Peter. Moving on to number 49, Resolution Time. Not even a studio track. This is a Beastie Boys B-side off of the Get It Together Sabotage Maxi single. And we were spoiled rotten in 1994. We got some old bullshit. We got ill communication. We got the Get It Together Sabotage Maxi single. And then we got the Sure Shot Maxi single with all of these new songs and B-sides. And uh, I like this song because it reminds me of the past. That little phone sound effect at the end of the song when you would leave the phone off the hook too long. Kids don't know what that sound is. But when we heard that sound, back in 94, we knew exactly what it was. Somebody better hang up that phone. And it kind of went along with the whole Ma Bell ill communication theme. So uh, kudos to MCA on this one, Resolution Time. At number 48, a Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 track, Long Burn the Fire. And to me, this reminds me of Professor Booty, where each Beastie Boy gets a long verse. My dream was to hear this song performed live. Yeah, proof is in the pudding, and the pudding's in my pants. One time I asked Ad-Rock about that, and I kept asking him about it until he gave me a straight answer. I think he got a little upset with me. Uh, There's a video on YouTube if you want to see that. But Long Burn the Fire, my number 48 favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. All right, so let's move on to number 47, The Negotiation Limerick File. Now, officially, this was a single off of Hello Nasty, although it never got a music video, and I think it came out as a single before 3MCs and 1DJ. So it was after Body Movin'. And I just like the the production on this track. I think it's so slick. I like how the Beastie Boys are rhyming in Limerick. I think a lot of fans sleep on this song. But if you listen to this song as a standalone, it's so freaking good. Here we, here we go, like dumb to me, dumb, I keep all five burrows in stitches. You're right, man. All right. Number 46, High Plains Drifter, off of Paul's Boutique. This just 
when I hear this song, it just makes me feel so cool. And as I look at the list, I think, why isn't this higher? But keep in mind, there are so many good Beastie Boys songs. And for this one, it's kind of tricky, but they rhyme in rounds. Because I'm a hot... There's different things going on with each rapper. And that's got to be tough to do when you perform it live. And the Beastie Boys would perform this one live. So number 46, High Plains Drifter. At number 45, and this probably beats out High Plains Drifter because of the music video on the Skills to Pay the Bills VHS Holy Snappers. Something about that that gritty New York City film footage just sells it for me. And then speaking of the Beastie Boys book show, they played this over the loudspeaker and they showed the video at one of the events and it just it just sounded perfect at that moment. And to me this sort of captures the early hardcore years of the Beastie Boys and I, I still love hearing it. Holy Snappers at number 45. At number 44, never uh, never heard this one live. Love the music video. Love the song. I know the Beastie Boys shied away from this, but to me, it wasn't in the same lane as Fight for Your Right to Party or Girls. Still sounds fresh to this day. Hey, ladies, is number 44 on my favorite Beastie Boys song list. Just fun to sing along. And let, let me play you my favorite part of the song right now, this little breakdown. Takes me back to high school, playing this at full blast in my station wagon. Whew. Yeah. I think the Beastie Boys could have tweaked that a little bit and performed it live. I don't know. Hey, ladies, number 44. Let's go to number 43. Don't play no game that I can't win. Listen to every Beastie Boy song ever created, and there is not one like this. It features Santa Gold, low reggae summer jam, and I'm still upset that this wasn't the song of the summer back in 2011. Now, you know, in order to be the song of the summer, it has to be a, a pop song, but I was hoping delusionally that this would somehow make its way on pop radio and be played at grocery stores and swimming pools but it wasn't but uh, I, I played it on heavy rotation uh, during the summer of 2011 don't play no game that I can't win featuring Santa Gold at number 42 and me off of Hello Nasty and I've said this before on the brouhaha and me and Instant Death, two Ad-Rock tracks on Hello Nasty, should have been BS2000 songs. And it was probably around this time when Ad-Rock was creating BS2000 songs for their sophomore album. So once again, I wouldn't have been mad at the King Ad-Rock if he saved And Me and Instant Death for BS2000. But I am glad that he gave them to the Beastie Boys. At number 41, Brass Monkey. Anytime you heard this live, it just sent you into a tizzy. 
And we got to shout out the group Wild Sugar and their song, Bring It Here, which was sampled on this song. Because without that sample, this song is nothing. But with the sample in the Beastie Boys rhymes blended together, it's like peanut butter and jelly. All right, that brings us to number 40, The Maestro. So speaking of original Beastie Boys songs, remember how I said, don't play no game that I can't win. There's no other Beastie Boys song like it. There's really no other Beastie Boys song like The Maestro. Because you know that when they were creating albums back in the day, they would have that dry erase board and they would section it off with instrumental songs, hardcore songs, hip hop songs. Where would this one fit? Because when they played it live, Hurricane or Mixmaster Mike wasn't scratching it up. They played it with live instruments. And it was weird because I don't think there was bass when they performed it live. Maybe Money Mark did something, but MCA would move over to guitar, and then Mike and Adam would rhyme on this and fly all over the stage. And to me, it's it's just such a unique Beastie Boys song. And uh, for those who read the book, even before the book came out, there was a a t-shirt of the... um, Maestro Guitar Effects Box, and that's what the song is named after. At number 39, The Vibes. Going back to 1994, when we were blessed with so many Beastie Boys gifts. Remember the, uh, the Short Shot Maxi single with that kid on the front holding the record, crying, Ma, what are they giving me? I'll tell you what they're giving you. They're giving you the goods. Remember the, the Sure Shot Maxi single? What did we get? We got The Vibes, Mullethead, Son of Neckbone, those Sure Shot remixes. I fell in love with The Vibes right away. And I thought that this song would have been an awesome show opener. I mean, imagine the lights down. Hurricane is cutting up an intro, and then the Beastie Boys come out to the vibes. And to me, it almost sounds like an album opener. Like, Sure Shot is is classic, but did the Beastie Boys ever think about including the vibes on Ill Communication? And there's the old throwback to Paul's Boutique, Thunderbird is the word and your light is a feather. So yes, number 39 is the vibes, which brings us to number 38, Alive. The lead single off of the Beastie Boys Sounds of Science anthology. This was a good one, huh? I mean, that's why it's on the list. The music video was fun with the Beastie Boys going around New York City in those little furry suits. And I I had that poster. Some of you may have had it too. uh, The Beastie Boys action figures in those furry suits. The red, yellow, and powder blue. And uh, I am lucky enough to say that I saw this song performed live for the very first time. Because Sounds of Science Anthology, I believe, was released late 1999 for the holiday season. And then the Beastie Boys hadn't played a show in a long time. Uh, They played two at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City following 9-11, the New Yorkers Against Violence concert. And didn't have a lot of money at the time. So I could only buy one ticket, and I thought, do I do first night or second night? So I I chose night number one, and I got to see Alive performed for the very first time. But here's my question 
Once two of the five boroughs hit, the Beastie Boys kind of pushed this to the side, right? Because I think I only heard it performed live once. Now, maybe they brought it back on some of those pageant tour dates for the mix-up, but it's a shame. It's such a good song. I, I thought the Beastie Boys would bring it back. They never did. And then that brings us to number 37, Say It, off of Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. In the same way that Long Burn the Fire reminds me of Professor Booty, Say It reminds me of an updated version of looking down the barrel of a gun. It has that nice, grimy bass in it. And the message is better on this one than on looking down the barrel of a gun. And the first time I heard this one, uh, when I was watching Fight for Your Right Revisited, and I think it plays near the end of the film, and I thought, ooh, we got this to look forward to? This is good. And my question is, if the Beastie Boys did perform this live, or if they do perform it live, uh, does the DJ cut up an instrumental, or do they play it with live instruments? Discuss amongst yourselves. As we go to number 36... I Can't Think Straight, a brilliant piece of punk rock work off of Alio Iolio. And it's so fun to play live. So if, if you have a guitar, I suggest you play this today and you'll just feel better about yourself. In the breakdown at the end, come on now. And uh, Roy Cormier shouted out on Alio Iolio, only to be shouted out later on Hello Nasty, which would come out three years later. Number 35 on my favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time list, three MCs and one DJ. Once again, there is no other song like this in the Beastie Boys catalog. And according, I forget if I heard Mixmaster Mike say this in an interview or I read it somewhere, but you know the whole story how Mixmaster Mike met Adam Yauk at the Rocksteady reunion. On the last episode of the Brouhaha, we found out that Evan Bernard said, Yo, Adam, we should go to this Rocksteady reunion. And Adam was like, okay. So because of Evan Bernard, although he, he won't take credit for it, because of Evan Bernard... Uh, Adam Yauk met Mixmaster Mike. They exchanged information. Mixmaster Mike was brought in on Hello Nasty to do some scratching. I guess the sessions went so well that they decided to do this song, Three MCs and One DJ, where Mixmaster Mike is just cutting it up on his turntables, making a beat. And uh, not too long ago, someone uh, clued me in to a video on YouTube, which predates three MCs and one DJ, but you can actually see where the beat comes from. Because originally, back in 98, I thought that Mixmaster Mike was just scratching up a random record. And I thought, wait, what song is he scratching up? But he has his own custom-made vinyl where there are three sounds where he'll use for a, a kick and a snare and I guess some fills and whatnot. And you can see all that on a YouTube video. Let me look that up right now. Hold on. All right, I just found it. So go to go to YouTube. It's called Mixmaster Mike Drumming, uh, put out by Turntablism. I think this predates Hello Nasty. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's around the same time. But he shows you how he puts together the beat for three MCs and one DJ. 
All right. At number 34, gratitude. And I like that this bass line was sitting around for a while because I guess Adam Yauch did it in his band Brooklyn, and then he dusted it off when the Beastie Boys picked up their instruments again for Check Your Head. And shout out to the King at Rock. And this shows you why the Beastie Boys were such a special band because MCA comes in with the bass line and they couldn't figure out the lyrics to this song. They hand it off to Ad-Rock, much like they did with Sabotage, and he comes back with this. And the music video is pretty much the only Beastie Boys music video where they are showcased playing their instruments. At number 33, here's a little something for ya off a of Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. In a perfect world, MCA would still be with us. And the question is, what tracks off of Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 would have been live staples for the Beastie Boys? I'm assuming it would be Make Some Noise. Say it, right? Long Burn the Fire. And here's a little something for you. Would have been so good live with the back and forth. Get ready, get set, get set, get set. Place your bet, your bet, your bet. What you... Oh, man! So number one, this would have been so good live. And then number two, what would Mixmaster Mike have done to it to make it even better live? At number 32, Livewire. Another Beastie Boys song that sounds like no other. This is an ad rock ditty, and it doesn't sound like a BS2000 song, and it's not in the, the same lane as Gratitude or Sabotage. It's almost its own genre. Now, this song comes off of the Sounds of Science anthology, but I have no idea when it was recorded. It sounds like it could have been 97, 98-ish. Does it predate that? I don't know. And I remember when the Sounds of Science anthology came out, I would put this on many a mixtape, and it always sounded good wherever I placed it. And I knew that the Beastie Boys were never going to perform it live, but I thought if they did, what would be the crowd's reaction? I know there would be one person in the audience going crazy, but I don't know about the rest. So if you ever slept on it, give Livewire another shot. And maybe maybe it is BS2000-esque, but after I listened to Livewire nonstop in the late 90s and early 2000s, I wanted Ad-Rock to start another band that played music like this. All right. Number 31. Do it off of Ill Communication. Now, I listened to Ill Communication so much in 1994 that I wore off the track listing from the green cassette. And when I think of Ill Communication, the, the standouts come to mind. Sure Shot, Sabotage, Get It Together, Root Down. Then I think of the hardcore punk songs, Tough Guy, and Heart Attack Man. And then I think of the secondary hip-hop songs. And to me, 
the two best are Do It and All Right Hear This. The Beastie Boys performed them live. They sounded great at Lollapalooza 1994. But after the 90s, they too were kind of shelved. Now, I think for the mix-up era, they might have briefly brought back Do It and All Right Hear This. But I don't think I ever heard them uh, once the 1990s ended. And to me, that's a shame. Because we miss out on that great uh, Biz Marquee sample. And Biz Marquee had a run with the Beastie Boys, right? He was on Check Your Head, Ill Communication, Hello Nasty. He sampled on To The Five Burrows. And then, nah, he's not on the mix-up. And he's not on Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. But we hear the Biz on 4 Beastie Boys albums. At number 30... The lead single off of To The Five Burrows to check it out. And I gotta be honest, when the Beastie Boys were gone for six years and they released this as the lead single from their forthcoming album, I thought, eh, 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 I'm not that into it. Wasn't feeling it. And then I listened to the album before it came out. I was like, why didn't you lead off with an open letter to NYC? So, I guess you could call me uh, to check it out hater for a while. But then when I saw the BC Boys multiple times supporting to the Five Burrows, this song won me over. And the little stop down when Mike D would say, Hey, everybody, watch the finger. When I drop the finger, I need everybody to say, Fresh. So, this was one where the Beastie Boys had to work on getting me on board. And uh, by the end of the tour, I was definitely on board. And then uh, eventually I would start bringing cardboard fingers to shows. And I, I loved every time I heard this song. And uh, now it's my 30th favorite Beastie Boy song of all time. At number 29, also from To The Five Burrows, Triple Trouble. And I love what the Beastie Boys did with that Good Times, Rapper's Delight beat, kicking it old school in the new school. Uh, This video, one of my favorite Beastie Boys videos, I think it's the best screenplay that Adam Yauch or Nathaniel Hornblower ever wrote. And uh, this was fun to hear live, especially with Mixmaster Mike cutting it up on his turntables. And uh, I love Ad-Rock claiming that he's sharp cheddar. At number 28, Mark on the Bus. And I guess technically, this isn't even a Beastie Boy song. It's a Money Mark song. Guess he didn't live close to the studio, so some nights he would stay at G-Sun and he would tinker on the instruments. And I guess at uh, one of those late night solo jam sessions, Money Mark came up with this. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't Ad-Rock say that this is one of his favorite Beastie Boy songs? But you know when you wake up really early in the morning and you have that scratchy voice and you're like, uh, I would always sing this song, especially the, the sample at the end. All right, get off the bus. You're wild, man. Wild. That's insane. You're stupid. Huh? You should sleep late, man. It's just much easier on your constitution. At number 27... A Beastie Boys cover song. One of the few Beastie Boys cover songs, Slow and Low, off of License to Ill. 
And you know what sold me on this song? When I bought my Skills to Pay the Bills VHS tape, and I put it in, and I saw the live performance of this in New York City, I thought, wow, this this song is more than I thought. Now, you guys know that it's a, it's a Run DMC throwaway. The Beastie Boys liked it. They put it on their debut album, and uh, they never stopped performing this one live. And I remember seeing the Beastie Boys for a tune-up show. I forget what year it was. It was the Rational Animal Show at the, the Hero Ballroom in New York City. And they came out, and they opened up with Slow and Low. And I thought, are they doing this as a throwback to that show that they played in New York City in the early 90s, the one that eventually made the Skills to Pay the Bills VHS? It kind of felt like that with that that small club feel. So uh, this one sounded really good when you were up close. At number 26, Tough Guy off of Ill Communication. And the reason I am such a huge Beastie Boys fan is because I'm a fan of all types of music. So I love that on Ill Communication, you have Sure Shot, which is this burst of hip-hop goodness, followed up by a minor threat-sounding hardcore song in Tough Guy. It's not long, but man, is it a punch of energy and when this was performed at Lollapalooza 1994 the entire pavilion turned into a giant mosh pit that brings us to number 25 pop your balloon a song that wasn't good enough to be on hot sauce committee part two it was good enough to be on hot sauce committee part one but when part two came out, Pop Your Balloon was the B-side. To me, I thought, why? It was one, it's, it's one of my favorites from the Hot Sauce Committee era. And once again, I was hoping to hear this song performed live. And to me, this might be the only Bhangra-like Beastie Boys song, dipping into those Eastern musical influences. And there's so much going on in this song. You have the the childlike hook, pop your balloon, pop, pop your balloon. Ad-Rock's talking about cereal. Mike D's talking about Tour de France bikes. And then you've got MCA going into a radio station, chucking smoke bombs, and then counterfeiting money. It's both a children's song and a gangster rap song. One of the greatest Beastie Boys B-sides of all time, pop your balloon. So with that, let's take a a quick timeout. Let's reset. We've gone 50 through 25. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we'll go 24 through 2. Remember, you already know my favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. What it is, come check the noise. It's the new black version of the Beastie Boys. From the Beastie Brothers and the Beastie Boys. With their Beastly toys. You give you some Beastly joys. To put on your Beastly drawers. And show me your Beastly paws. 
All right, we are back on the Bruhaha. I'm counting down my 50 favorite Beastie Boys songs of all time. So let's recap 50 through 25. Number 50, The Blue Nun. Number 49, Resolution Time. Number 48, Long Burn the Fire. Number 47, The Negotiation Limerick File. Number 46, High Plains Drifter. Number 45, Holy Snappers. Number 44, Hey Ladies. Number 43, Don't Play No Game That I Can't Win, featuring Santa Gold. Number 42, And Me. Number 41, Brass Monkey. Number 40, The Maestro. Number 39, The Vibes. Number 38, Alive. Number 37, Say It. Number 36, I Can't Think Straight. Number 35, Three MCs and One DJ. Number 34, Gratitude. Number 33, Here's a Little Something for Yeah. Number 32, Livewire. Number 31, Do It. Number 30, To Check It Out. Number 29, Triple Trouble. 28, Mark on the Bus. 27, Slow and Low. 26, Tough Guy. And 25, Pop Your Balloon. At number 24, on my favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time list, Professor Booty off of Check Your Head. This has my favorite MCA verse. That last verse is fire. If anyone ever says that the Beastie Boys aren't good MCs, I direct them to this song. I say, just just, just listen to that last verse that MCA spits. Oh yeah, he's a pretty good MC, huh? This also has one of my favorite Beastie Boys lyrics of all time. Touch me, cause I'm electric. And if you touch me, you'll get shocked, 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 shocked. And I've mentioned this before. But when the Beastie Boys remastered Check Your Head, they put out the album commentary. And when they listened to this song, they almost sounded surprised at how good it was. And you could almost see the light bulb go on on top of their heads as they mentioned that maybe they should bring this one back live. And I wholeheartedly agree. Never got to hear this one live, but they did do it during the Check Your Head tour. My number 24 Beastie Boys song of all time, The Great Professor Booty. Booty. And before we move on, I want to shout out my late great friend, Prof D. Because our, our friendship was pretty much forged over the Beastie Boys. And I was in a rap group in high school and in college. And we recruited... Dave, his name's Dave. We recruited Dave to be in our group, and we said, you got to come up with the name. So we met over dinner at Pizza Hut, and the reason we ate at Pizza Hut is because Dave worked at Pizza Hut. And he said, my name is a throwback to both Public Enemy and the Beastie Boys. I'm going to call myself Prof D. The Prof, of course, from Professor Griff from Public Enemy, and the D, Mike D from the Beastie Boys. So it turns out that Dave's last name began with a D and he was also a professor so it made perfectly good sense and from that point on me, my family, our friends we no longer called him Dave we called him Prof D and every time I would see him when I would come back from college or when I would come back to Pittsburgh I would say Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? And like clockwork he would say well I think it's booty booty so shout out to Prof D. At number 23, Super Disco Break-In, the lead-off track from Hello Nasty. 
just a little ditty. Just two verses, not too long, but you hear that subway at the beginning of the song. You know that the Beastie Boys are working their way back to New York City. And my favorite lyric in this song is... And talking about forging friendships over Beastie Boys music, I still have friends to this day... When it's 8.08, they will text me, and it'll just simply say 8.08, whether that be Troy Maurer or Brian Fuzetti. So, yeah, I think of you guys, too, when it says 8.08 on my clock. Super disco breaking, number 23. At number 22, we're kicking it old school right now. No sleep till Brooklyn. I mean, that guitar riff is legend. I think that guitar riff is on par with... Iron Man or Smoke on the Water. Uh, so good. I, I mean, this, when you hear this song, you think of License to Ill and you think back to 1986. And I think back to the McCarran Pole Show. I think that was back in 2007, where the Beastie Boys bookended their set with Hello Brooklyn and then they closed out with No Sleep Till Brooklyn. It was fun to hear live, but it was kind of clunky live. Because I, I felt like Mixmaster Mike was kind of restrained because he would always have to go back to the original instrumental for certain portions of the song. But the studio track is what does it for me. And when I hear that song, I'm automatically transported back 30 years. At number 21... An open letter to NYC. I got to listen to To the Five Boroughs before it came out at Oscilloscope Laboratories. And the two standout tracks for me were Right Right Now Now and An Open Letter to NYC. And I just, I couldn't figure out why An Open Letter to NYC wasn't the lead single off of an album called To the Five Boroughs. Now, as I pointed out before, to check it out, was the lead single off of To The Five Burrows, which the Beastie Boys tried to shop to hip-hop radio. Hip-hop radio didn't play it. Modern rock radio did because modern rock radio supports the Beastie Boys. But I knew that the Beastie Boys weren't going to fly on Hot 97 as much as they wanted that to happen. But an open letter to NYC would have been perfect for modern rock radio. It has that Dead Boy sample... And then it ties in perfectly with the title and the theme of the album. And uh, not only was it not the lead single off of To The Five Burrows, but it was like the, the third or fourth single? Because it was To Check It Out, Triple Trouble, Right Right Now Now, and then an open letter to NYC. See, this is an example of a serious Beastie Boys song hitting on all cylinders, unlike... Their track, In a World Gone Mad, which I never liked. I mean, I liked the message of it, but to me, it never clicked. This one does. At number 20, The Move off of Hello Nasty. There was a time, I still wrestle with it. Is this my favorite song off of Hello Nasty? Sometimes it's number one, sometimes it's number three. And it still saddens me that Ad-Rock thinks that there are flaws with this song. I mean, I, I guess his his basic complaint 
is that if this song was made with today's technology, it would be even better. But I'm fine with it just the way it is. At number 19, that classic Curtis Mayfield sample in Eggman. And I love that this references A Great on Mojo. We all dressed in black, we snuck up around the back, we began to attack the eggs that crack on Hayes' back. And I guess that the Beastie Boys were egging people for a majority of the 1980s, starting by uh, egging the, the doorman known as Mojo, and then continuing to egg people when they moved out west. But this is a good one, and that Curtis Mayfield sample makes this song undeniable. At number 18, it's the new style. Four and three this song and is one. definitive old school hip hop. When I want to get in that zone, when I want to go back to the 80s and that style and that vibe, I will listen to this song. And it's a two-parter, too, because you've got the, the top half of the song, and then you've got that little ad-rock breakdown. Let me clear my throat! We get the classic drop sample, and then the end of the song. It's even better than the first half of the song. Bringing us to number 17. I think this is only one of two songs that the Beastie Boys actually made music for on Paul's Boutique. But that drum beat supplied by the King Ad Rock is a rear view mirror rattler. Back in the day, you know, I would put this on many a mixtape for my friends. But then when I started making mix CDs, I had a bit of a problem because I had to put the entire B-Boys Boya bass on it. But then when they remastered the CD a decade ago, uh, they split up the tracks on B-Boys Boya bass, which made it easier to make a mix CD. But at that point in time, people weren't listening to CDs anymore. But I guess you could put it on a, a playlist. All right. At number 16, get it together. We've discussed on the brouhaha before how this is an underrated track. I mean, imagine if there was a music video for it. Now, there was a, a maxi single for it. I guess we could consider it a single. It went out to, to college radio. But, you know, when you think back on Ill Communication, we think of the singles as Sure Shot, Sabotage, and Root Down. But this hit at the perfect time because the Beastie Boys were starting to sell out arenas again and people were falling in love with a tribe called Quest and the marriage between the two is just perfect. And my only complaint about this song, the, the beat is fresh, the rhymes are fun. My only complaint is that whenever it was performed live, it did not meet the standards of the studio track. Because the story goes that Q-Tip rolls into the studio at G-Sun and he spits a freestyle and then the BC Boys splice it up throughout the song. So whenever Q-Tip would perform this live with the Beastie Boys, 
he he didn't know when his lyrics came in and came out. He so he he kind of just did whatever. And then I saw the Beastie Boys perform it live without Q-Tip, and they also messed it up because it's tough to rhyme someone else's rhymes. At number fifteen, slightly controversial, looking down the barrel of a gun. I hate guns. I wish the world would do something about guns so we wouldn't have to wake up every morning with the fear of getting shot by taking our children to school or by going to a movie or by going to church. So th- this is a tough one. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. Throughout the years of me being a Beastie Boys fan, this has been one of my favorite songs. Uh, I love the music video for it. It reminds me of an old-school skateboard video. And if you read Dan Leroy's uh, For Whom the Cowbell Tolls book, there was discussion of this being released to college radio. And if it clicked, it could have turned the fortunes of Paul's Boutique. So yes, I could do away with the title of this song, but I will forever love the vibe of this song. And any time Adam Yauch plays that fuzzy bass, it's music to my ears. So that's my number 15. And then number 14, Body Moving from Hello Nasty. The first time we hear steel drums on a Beastie Boys song. And it sounds so good. And the Beastie Boys always delivered when they performed this one live. And my only complaint is that a lot of times the Beastie Boys would never sing their final hook. So the end of this song would be when Ad-Rock rhymed, If you play the Fender, I could be your hyperspace. And then the song would end. But I always thought it would have more punch if they did one more round of Body moving, body moving, A1 sound and the sound so soothing. They don't end, so what you want, before the last course. And I wish they would have given that treatment to Body Moving live. At number 13, Root Down. Much like to check it out, I wasn't always a fan of Root Down. When the Beastie Boys released it as a proper single in music video, I thought, really? Root Down? Okay. But you know what? The Beastie Boys, they sold it so well live. Year after year, pretty much every time I saw the Beastie Boys, this was on their set list. And you know what really sold me on Root Down? When they performed it at the Tibetan Freedom Concert in Randall's Island, and Hurricane threw on the Apache beat. And it just opened my eyes up, and I thought, oh, wow, okay. And from that point on, I was sold on Root Down. And then I go back to the studio recording, and I thought, okay, you got me, Beastie Boys. That is the jam. And it has climbed the ranks since, and right now it is currently my 13th favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. Behind number 12, also an ill communication track, Heart Attack Man. (laughs) 
This is one of my favorite Beastie Boys punk songs. I mean, we're, we're running out of room here. We're at number 12. But that distorted bass at the beginning, MCA would just go... And that's tough. The, the bass line MCA plays in this song, that is tough to play if you've ever tried to do it live. And then Ad-Rock screaming, the, the sample in there from Tim Summer, uh, Hurricane, and then later Mixmaster Mike would scratch on this live. And I always go back to that SNL performance. I remember the you know whenever you play SNL you get two songs. The Beastie Boys start out with Sure Shot, and then they come on for their second song and they do Ricky's theme. And I thought, really, you're gonna do an instrumental? And I was kind of bummed. I was like, oh man, this is this is kind of a lackluster ending. And then AWOL gets behind the drum kit and they rip through Heart Attack Man. And I thought, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen on television. And I think to this day. That right there, that Heart Attack Man performance on SNL is my favorite Beastie Boys live television performance. I actually did a, a brouhaha episode on that years ago, and I think that might have been my number one. And if it wasn't, I don't know what I was thinking. At number 11, Make Some Noise. And Adrock claims that this is one of his favorite Beastie Boys songs. Uh, he said it in the book, and then he said it again when he was in South by Southwest last week. He says it incorporates everything the Beastie Boys do, you know, with rhyming and live instruments. And he regrets that the Beastie Boys were never able to perform this song live. And that's the first thing I thought when I heard this song. I thought, wow, this has to be a concert staple. And I, I was so blown away when I first heard this song. I thought it was so good, and I had to think to myself, is this the best Beastie Boys lead single ever? Uh, it almost was, but it wasn't. And I can't tell you what my favorite Beastie Boys lead single is yet, because that's coming up in the countdown. But Make Some Noise is damn good, and it's a damn shame it didn't crack my top 10 which I got coming up next, right here on The Brouhaha. Alright, we are back. Counting down my favorite Beastie Boy songs of all time. So I'm not going to go from 50 through 10 right now, but I think the last recap I did was 50 through 25. So I'll, I'll go 25 to 11. So at number 25 on my list, Pop Your Balloon. 24, Professor Booty. 23, Super Disco Breakin'. 22, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. 21, An Open Letter to NYC. Number 20, The Move. At number 19, Eggman. Number 18, The New Style. At number 17, Hello Brooklyn. At number 16, Get It Together. At number 15, Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun. Number 14, Body Moving. 13, Root Down. Number 12, Heart Attack Man. And at number 11, Make Some Noise. And that brings us to the top 10. Just like David Letterman used to do. And did you know... The first time I ever saw the David Letterman show live, it was when the Beastie Boys were performing. 
supporting Awesome I Shot That, and they did a little bit of three MCs and one DJ, and then cut into So What You Want. That night, there was no top ten. I thought, doesn't David Letterman do a top ten every night? That night that the Beastie Boys were on, there was no top ten. But you do get a top ten today on the brouhaha. At number ten... The first song off of the Beastie Boys' major label debut album, License to Ill. Here is the one, the only, rhyming and stealing. Now, is this the song where Adam Yauk looped the drum beat? And I guess because they didn't have the proper technology at the time, he had to splice tape and then dangle it from ceiling to floor all across the room. And there's a drawing of this in the Beastie Boys book. I'm pretty sure it was rhyming and stealing. But talking about sampling a drum beat, if you're going to sample one, this is the best one to sample. It has so much power to it. And I just, when I went back to License to Ill, because I've explained my history before and I've probably explained it a bunch on this episode, I went from Check Your Head, then I revisited License to Ill. This, to me, was the jam on the album And the first time I saw the Beastie Boys live was at Lollapalooza 1994, and I was so excited that they played this song. All right, at number nine, right, right, now, now, from To the Five Burrows. Now, 2004 was a landmark year for me. Got to meet the Beastie Boys for the first time. The Beastie Boys released a brand new album, and in my personal life, I was married in 2004. Now, I had two of my friends DJ the wedding, and you would think that I would litter my reception with Beastie Boys songs. And I thought, I like the Beastie Boys. I don't know if everyone else here likes the Beastie Boys. No, a ton of my friends are Beastie Boys fans, and they would have probably enjoyed five or six different Beastie Boys songs. But I wanted to choose my shot wisely. That's right, I said shot singular. I thought, I just want one Beastie Boys song to be played at my wedding. And when it's played, I will enjoy it in full. And my favorite Beastie Boys song in October of 2004 was Right Right Now Now. And years later, do I regret my decision? Do I wish the the DJs would have played five or six? No. I was happy with this one, Right Right Now Now, which is my number nine favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. Right, right now, now, what is going on? We, we gotta, gotta get it going on. Be, be more, it's too far gone. We gotta work together, it's been too long. That brings us to number eight, a Paul's Boutique classic. And now let me go back in time once again. Check Your Head was my album of choice. That's where I fell in love with the Beastie Boys. They backtracked to License to Ill, as we've discussed. And then I said to my friends, well, do the Beastie Boys have any other albums? And they said, yeah, Paul's Boutique, but it sucks. Yeah, don't don't get Paul's Boutique. So one day, I find myself at a record store. I visited the Beastie Boys section, which I still do to this day whenever I find a record store that's still in existence. So they had a a couple copies of Check Your Head and License to Ill, and there was one Paul's Boutique. Now, if there was a stack of four Paul's Boutiques, 
I may have passed it by, but because there was only one, I thought to myself, as I stared at that powder blue spine, if I'm a if I'm a real Beastie Boys fan, don't I have to own all of their albums? Yeah, I do. So I bought Paul's Boutique, ran out to my car, put it in the tape deck, to all the girls comes on, which is, you know, kind of like an intro to the album. And then the first real song kicks in, and it is Shake Your Rump. And I was instantaneously blown away, and I thought to myself, I'm Ride or Die Beastie Boys. This is, how could people tell me to not buy this album? This song is amazing! And it's still amazing to this day. And it was always amazing in concert, and the Beastie Boys played it pretty much at every tour stop. So at number eight. Shake your rope. Bringing us to number seven, the lead single off of my favorite Beastie Boys album, Pass the Mic. And I almost don't know what to say about this song. So many intangibles. I mean, the production is so slick. The the back and forth rhyming, all time great. And I'm not gonna lie to you. In the early 90s, as a teenager, I was a fan of aggressive rap music. And when I would make mixtapes featuring my favorite rap songs of the moment, Sometimes, Beastie Boy songs didn't always blend well with those. This one, however, did. It stood toe-to-toe with the, the hardest gangster rap song at the time. And you would think that the production of the song would be approved by Dr. Dre, because not long after, he also samples the bass line that we hear in Pass the Mic. And I could go on Beastie Mania right now and, and figure out who did that bass line. But didn't the, didn't the Beastie Boys get into some legal trouble sampling that bass line? Their heart was in the right place because it does sound so good in this song and it's perfectly placed. And amazingly, Pass the Mic is so freaking good and it doesn't even have a hook. I guess it doesn't need one. I guess the hook is when they... Pass the mic to each other. So at number seven, pass the mic, which brings us to number six, A Grade on Mojo. I am a fan of sloppy punk rock music. I make sloppy punk rock music. My bands throughout the years would cover this song. How has this song created by the Beastie Boys as teenagers, lasted this long. When they were in John Barry's loft, did they ever think that one day they would play A-grade on Mojo in sold-out arenas and stadiums? Probably not. I remember the last New York City Beastie Boys show, Moby was on stage... I I even forget why he was at that event. I don't think he performed live, but he he said something about the Beastie Boys maybe before bringing them out. And then the Beastie Boys shouted him out later in concert and said that A-Grade on Mojo was his favorite 
Beastie Boys song. There's something about it, right? It's aggressive. It's funny. It, it tells a story of their bratty past, yet there's still some innocence to it. And you would think that this song would have been put in the attic forever, but when the Beastie Boys pick up their instruments again for Check Your Head and they start playing punk and hardcore songs, A-grade on Mojo resurfaces. Especially so in 94 after they release some old bullshit, which features Pollywog Stew. And then from that point on, A-grade on Mojo was never in the attic again. At number five... My fifth favorite Beastie Boy song of all time, Sabotage. Is there another song like this in the world? It's a hard rock song that has that hip-hop feel to it, yet when you hear it live in concert, you don't want to throw your hands into the air. You want to bump into the person next to you. And I still, I still have a theory about this song, and I'm probably wrong that MCA was goofing on the bass line to Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion. And then when they were jamming out on it, you know, Mike D was doing that dun-dun, dun-dun, and that's when the, the engineer, Chris, comes into the studio and he says, like, oh, that's, that's a really good one. You, you guys should concentrate on that. I asked Mario C. about this. I said, was MCA just kind of trying to play the, the sweet emotion bass line? And he told me, and maybe he's wrong, that he was doing a, a frontline bass line. And frontline was the New York City hardcore band that Adam Yauk loved. And Adam Yauk uses a frontline riff on Stand Together. So I don't know how the, the bass line came about. And maybe once again, this song would have been forgotten if it were not for engineer Chris walking into the room. But this became the Beastie Boys' exclamation point. This is how they would end their shows. This is how their final performance ended. And it makes perfectly good sense because what do you play after Sabotage? At number four... Off Check Your Head, not a single, a token MCA track, although Mike and Adam do get some vocals at the end. Um, I could pair this with The Blue Nun, but right now it stands alone. I am talking about Stand Together. I think of this as a continuation of A Year and a Day from Paul's Boutique where Adam Yauch sat back and thought, you know what, I could do something more with my music. I know I was a knucklehead back in the License to Ill days, but right now I want to have a broader worldview. And not only is the message spot on in this song, but the instrumental is so crazy good. The reason I say crazy is because there's so many different elements going on that it shouldn't work, but it does. There's that little, I call it like the, the bumblebee tweak near the middle to end of the song. And the there's the off-kilter saxophone at the top of the song. There's the, the screw gun being sampled, the distorted vocals. And I know 
that you've heard this song in your car before, and whenever it comes on, you know you have to turn the volume up just a little bit more. So my fourth favorite Beastie Boys song of all time... And that brings us to number three. Now, earlier I was telling you that I immediately fell in love with Make Some Noise the first time I heard it. And I thought to myself, hmm, is, is this the best Beastie Boys lead single of all time? I thought long and hard, and the answer is no. Make Some Noise is not the best Beastie Boys lead single because that honor would have to go to... Intergalactic. The first time I heard this song, I was blown away. Now I go back to the old MTV news piece. Uh, Prior to Hello Nasty coming out, Kurt Loder sat down with the Beastie Boys and they played snippets of, I think, three or four brand new Beastie Boys songs. They played a, a short clip of Intergalactic. You don't hear any vocals, you just hear the hook which was done with the vocoder, Intergalactic Planetary. And I assumed, for whatever reason, that Intergalactic was going to be an instrumental, a a throwback to Planet Rock. So my modern rock radio station, they teased it all day. Hey, later on, we're going to play the brand new Beastie Boys song. So I had my radio set, and the first time I heard it, and they started rhyming, I thought, whoa! That's what got me, because the Beastie Boys were now at a point where they could look back and admire their previous work and not shy away from it. The Beastie Boys rhyme from the family tree of old school hip hop. They talk about, well, I guess they joke about how Kumo D gave them an A on his report card. And that was the only A they got. Once again, they had the worst score of all the rappers on that report card. And then I love, absolutely love, that the Beastie Boys were able to sample themselves off of License to Ill. And then that worked so well in concert when the whole thing would just stop down and Mixmaster Mike would tickle his turntable. It would, it would drop. And think about it. This was 12 years after License to Ill, and the Beastie Boys now had a brand new song that they could close with. Now, still, my my closer of choice is Sabotage, but there were some Beastie Boys concerts where they would close with Intergalactic. And that's how big it got, where they could close a show with this shiny new hit. Once again, these are my favorite Beastie Boys songs, not most important Beastie tracks. But if I were doing a most important countdown, this would have to land in my top five. Because this song introduced the Beastie Boys to a whole new fan base. Don't forget that this was being played on TRL. So there were a lot of teenagers in the late 90s, and this was the first Beastie Boys song that they ever heard, and it's a damn good one. And that brings us to number two. So you already know my number one. So now we should play the sound effects. There you go. My number two... Beastie Boys song of all time. And once again, my favorite Beastie Boys song is So What You Want. So my number two Beastie Boys song of all time, 
Sure Shot. I still remember the first time I heard this song. I went to the record store before it opened. There was one person in front of me. I thought, I guess I'm not the biggest Beastie Boys fan in Pittsburgh. Turns out, though, that the person in front of me wanted to buy Dave Matthews tickets. So I was the first, at least at that record store, in Pittsburgh to own Ill Communication. So I run out to my car, rip off the plastic. I say, ooh, cool, look, it's a, it's a green cassette. That's neat. Pop it into the tape deck. I hear the dog bark, and then this song comes on. And I smile from ear to ear, proud and happy to know that my favorite band will still be my favorite band for a while. What, what is there not to love about this song? The old school throwback, you can't, you won't, and you don't stop, you know, paying homage to their heroes, Run DMC. We all know that Flute Loop is on Ill Communication, but this is the true Flute Loop on the album. And then everyone always loves to talk about Adam Yauch's lyrics in the third verse. And I think Kate Schellenbach said it best in the book. She said those rhymes went a long way with her. And it was essentially an apology for the Beastie Boys' behavior back in their license to ill days. And whenever Sure Shot was performed live, there was just a, a different energy in the room. And once again, you can't explain it. Because it's not like it's a, a thick, dense Dr. Dre beat. It's just a simple drum beat with a flute loop over it. But somehow, it's magic. I was listening to uh, New York City's new alt station, Alt 92.3. And, you know, they're playing the newer stuff. And then they dropped Sure Shot out of nowhere. And you would think that it would sound dated or it wouldn't hold up against the, the newer produced stuff. No, it still sounded damn good. There it is. My number two favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. Sure Shot. Good music video, too. Actually, my second favorite Beastie Boys music video behind So What You Want. So there you go. We've, we've done it. My 50 favorite Beastie Boys songs of all time. Thank you for listening. If you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on the socials, as the kids say, at Jim Shear. Or you could email me at beastiepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, my name is Jim Shear, and I will see yins later. Yo, we gonna end it on a one, two, three note. Are you ready? One, two, one, two, three. Ah! Guaranteed we bring the brew, ha ha. Cause it's a brew, ha ha. Cause it's a brew, ha ha. Cause it's a brew, ha ha.